Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network, live from 6th and Peabody. That's our venue, our studio location each and every day. Music City, Nashville, Tennessee, with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Crew is all here today. Coming up in a roughly 12 minutes, we get into SEC quarterback play. In, a, in an age of, I mean, we're in the, the middle of some of the best NFL quarterback play group of quarterbacks, young up and Bright comers. futures, yes, up-and-comers. But when you look across college football, and we'll narrow it to the SEC, there are not many really solid quarterbacks right now in college football. We'll, we'll take a, a look at it, try to give some theories as to why. I mean, there are good quarterbacks, but where are the true greats? Uh, we will discuss that coming up. Also, uh, Derek Stingley, one of the top uh, corners in the nation, uh, and he's going potentially be a top five pick in the draft next spring. Uh, he's undergoing some surgery, a, a foot surgery, a foot procedure. Going to keep him out a while for LSU. Uh, suffered this problem against Mississippi State back in September. Put off this surgery trying to get better and finish the season. Turns out he can't. So he's having the procedure done that's going to keep him out. That's one of the top corners for LSU that um, they weren't great against UCLA in week one. They had improved, and now they're down one of the top players in the entire Southeastern Conference. Stingley's out for a bit. We'll, we'll get into that as well. Also does not help Ed Ogeron, uh, right, who is clearly right. in trouble as head coach at LSU. Crazy to think that two years ago, Ed Ogeron was winning a national championship with Joe Burrow at quarterback, and now, not even two years later, we're talking about him possibly being out at, uh, at LSU. Also crazy to think, and uh, I, I talked to, to Glenn Gilbo about this yesterday. You look at the history of LSU, but you compare that to Scott Woodward, their AD, and his history, and the big-name coaches that he's hired. He, hired. he lured Chris Peterson away from Boise State when USC couldn't do it, and a lot of other programs, to go to Washington when he was the AD there. He gets to Texas A&M, he hires Jimbo Fisher away from Florida State. His one big hire at LSU has been Kim Mulkey, uh, to go from Which Baylor to LSU. Surprise. And she's from Louisiana originally. He goes for the big fish. So if he makes a move, which I think it's heading that way right now, who's the big fish that, that he goes after? And also consider this. The last two national championship winning coaches at LSU are Les Miles and Ed Ogeron. Is anyone thinking of those guys as really good football coaches? Caught lighting in the bottle. No. That is... You want to talk about a compliment to the LSU job and the amount of talent in Louisiana, the rabid fan base there, and how almost anyone can win. I mean, Les Miles and Ed Ogeron, and not to completely knock the guys, but if you went down a list of smartest football coaches, best coaching acumen out there, they're on down the list, both of them. And they both won a national title because they were at LSU. Now imagine if LSU went and hired... I'll throw out the name that Glenn Gilbo did, Urban Meyer. 
James Franklin. Kiffin. Lane Kiffin is another name that's going to pop up. Title. Could be be it could be beautiful marriages. Oh, they should hire a Japanese genius. Listen to this. <clears throat> this guy should get hired Chad for whatever job he Chad is not a fan of adult birthday celebrations. Like, is it okay for people to get together for drinks? That's, wh that's where you would end it, right? I mean, if someone wanted to throw a, a, a happy hour together for me right. for my birthday, I wouldn't say no. But outside Beyond of that, that no You're gifts. not into gift Let me jump in. I, I, one of the first years we did the show together, I, I, we actually celebrated my birthday. And then I learned that Chad hated that. What did we do, though? We didn't do we something went, like, We went to some like go-kart place or something. Remember this? Oh, yeah, it was Clara I'm good going yeah, I, and I, having I, fun. I was able to sit in Chad's lap, and I loved it. It was a yeah, great birthday. It was, yeah, I, I, and, and we were the fastest uh, tandem also on, on the go You're in favor of fun. I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with going and having fun for someone else's birthday. Do you like I when people take off for their birthday? I know. You can criticize me. I'm setting want, you up for this. I just want the expectation to be set. I'm not going to acknowledge your birthday as an adult. We had a colleague that took off for his birthday week. Yeah. Man, that, that, that you respected is, him. That's over the top. Like, but yeah, I, I, I I'm not against Chad's stance here. I'm just pointing out that I, I have also violated this stance. It, as we sit here. I like to take off my birthday because it, it, when, it, when possible, just like to have a day. But I mean, I don't, it also kind of falls during the Super Bowl period and stuff. But your birthday was more about other people. Like, yeah, we had it was a goal. more about including other people and, and having getting fun. our show together. Yeah. The people I like have to go the, catch the, a the movie birthday week. I mean, you see this a lot with yes. young, young women. I'm calling out young women now. This was my a young woman week. that you had to be What for. are we going to do for my birthday week? We're going to do this on Monday. That, give me a break. Well, listen to what this guy... It's not Hanukkah. It's your birthday. Listen to what this guy concocted. What if your birthday's Hanukkah week? Um, this is from the Daily Mail. Um, a, a boyfriend dated 35 women, and he told each one he had a different birthday so that he regularly received gifts. But he's been arrested for fraud <laughs> in Japan. And so the caption that was put on this is, oh, so it's against the law to be a genius in Japan? <laughs> so he dated 30... Which was my first reaction. How did this guy pull this Do we off? Think how he... cool is this guy? Yeah, he's got to have a spreadsheet with all the girls' names and what birthday he told them and who he's got to go out with on what day. It's a I mean, pretty I, complicated had, uh, I'm thinking scam. We're probably... I, I'm guessing that we're probably overthinking this and this is just a big catfishing scheme and that all the women were kind of virtual girlfriends that he had some sort of relationship with, sending no, messages to. No, I like to, to dream and that he's And then he's really... like, hey, my birthday's coming up, and they're sending him a birthday gift, and he's not outdating all See, of these you're women. a minimizer. I'm, I'm dreaming grand. This guy's in the prime of life, well, and he has got 25 girlfriends, and he is he's a juggler. So this guy's juggling it up. He, I, I want to think that. I'm more inclined to think. I want to think, think it, too. So I'm Chad's, thinking. Uh, I mean, the I headline, want to. So the I headline also includes a photo of this guy. And this guy is no, no I mean, he's, he's no, no showman. Casanova. Yeah. He's no he's showman. He's no Brad Pitt. No. Uh, you see him and you're like, yeah, that doesn't add up. But 35 girlfriends would be Leonardo DiCaprio getting rid of a 25-year-old because she turned 26. Well, yeah. I don't know what the taste yeah, of Japanese women right are. Yeah, What's right. the taste of a Japanese young lady? I have no idea. If she, um, if she okay, would be right. into this man, I mean, Got you uh, birthday. I, yeah, well, I don't know. But the 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 birthdays though. You so thirty five girlfriends. Do we think this is all at the same time? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was sound simultaneous. So spread it out where he could get thirty five gifts. So so you spread it out to where you have like three. You would get three gifts a month. Is that regular enough for this guy? You think? I think so. I wonder what the regularity of other boyfriend girlfriend things would be. I mean, it's. I, 
it had to be virtual. There's this show Clickbait that's on Netflix right now, which is really good, and it, it kind of gets into some of this, where there's a crime, there's someone that's held hostage, and it's a viral video, and there's some catfishing going on. You don't know if the one guy was actually behind it. It actually has uh, uh, Vince from Entourage is the main character in it, uh, which I've not seen him act in anything until this, and he's actually really good. Uh, it's a good show. But I see things like this happen, and this, these had to be virtual relationships that he had with these women. I don't know why you and want to dis- diminish this man's accomplishments. But the I mean, level of effort move. you would have to put in for 35 girlfriends to want to give you a gift on your birthday. Like the time allotment it takes with each woman, to me, is the most fascinating what part. What level Whether of Whether it be also. in person or virtual. That level of time commitment to say, we're there like, you know what, I'm going to get this guy a birthday gift. What level of gift? Don't know. You got the story in front of you, does it say? Uh, there's no further there's, details. Yeah, there's it's no a, details a, it's all it's left fraud. to the imagination after this. That's where we're going. And you also, to pull this off, you also never give your real birthday because you're going to get gifts on your real birthday anyway. So it's really 36 days that he's getting gifts out of the year. I mean, that's a nice chunk of gifts. I would have to really put together a list. Like Simon's birthday's coming up, and, you know, we're struggling. I mean, I... I struggle just to tell Claire what I want for my birthday. Okay. Like one gift. I don't even want anything half the time. Yeah, well, I don't. I, 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 I don't buy a, myself whatever I want, whatever I want, pretty yeah. much. I yeah. really don't have a Christmas list. I don't have a. I like, I'll think of a Christmas gift in February. I'll see someone. <laughs> you know, that's what I want for Christmas. This yeah, right, just save up. Bit. Have everybody give me cash and I'll get that. And then it goes away. But, I mean, I think if I came up with this scheme, I could come up with stuff. I could get a whole new wardrobe. You could ha- regularly replenish your wardrobe on this deal. Cricket shirts be damned. I'd do that anyway. <laughs> cricket, cricket, cricket treats every day like my birthday. With, yeah, uh, Hutton just gets shirts from Cricket sent to <laughs> his house. This is how he got Cricket. For nothing. He gave him multiple birthdays. He set up some kind of, <laughs> some kind of scam. They Look, think we would like to think that this guy is some modern-day great Gatsby Good-looking dude, great personality. No. They just fooled 35 women. Nope. This is a dude hiding behind a hot guy's avatar online and fooling women. This, this, this guy's, guy's not that, them. though. Well, that's clever in its own right. That's what I'm saying. He's not that. This guy's not that. He's hiding behind other guys' pictures and scamming these women. And, and this is the real the photo problem. of him. Yes. Hence the what problem. do we think these women are spending on an average gift? Ellie, what's the most you spend on a boyfriend? We'll ask her. Yeah, for just for, for, a birthday. for a birthday. Birthday gift. Two hundred dollars. Two hundred times thirty six. That's a lot. And Ellie's not old. It's not like she's had a lot of time to accumulate a but lot. She of is wealthy. Wealth. I think of her as. Uh, you think of her as wealthy. I think of her as well to do. But I mean, it's not like not she's. Wanting. You know, it's not like she's forty and owns her own Fortune five hundred company, and two hundred dollars is nothing. No, but that's that's coming. a commitment. That's is coming. what I'm saying. The two hundred dollars is a commitment. What did you get for the two hundred dollars? Probably like an Amazon gift card. Paul, you're being way too invasive, please. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we, don't need to, we don't need to go that far. And she also does not have a mic. A so wooden watch. A wooden watch uh, for $200. I've got, wooden, uh, I've got my famous backup wooden readers today. Not $200. I, I made a big mistake in that I got, um, I think for Mother's Day, I, speaking of wood, for Mother's Day, I got a wooden coffee wood. mug for uh, Angie that I found on Instagram that was like a laser engraved. I gave him a photo of Angie with our two daughters, and it was the worst. <laughs> a wooden I mean, it was, it was made in China. Like, I saw it, and like what they showed me looked great. 
And then I, he comes in there, and it's Have a wooden thing. Have her send a photo so we you can show can't, You can't tell at all who it is, who's on there. It's never been used. Can you tell used. it's people? It's, I don't even think it's in the where we put the coffee mugs. I don't know where it went. <laughs> it was a complete swing. Kindling? I mean, you could barely honey, tell Here's some nice kindling. But just to no, no, light a fire. You, you still gifted it to her anyway? Well, <laughs> what, what else was he going to do? Here's the thing. Like I you get it, it looks horrible, but you wrapped it He didn't it have a backup gift. It was delivered like two months late. So it came in and she oh, saw it. She was oh. like, hey, uh, that thing you got me finally came in the mail and it's terrible. <laughs> Two months late. You know there's shipping problems all over What'd the world. What would you pay for it? Too much. <laughs> How much? Come on. I mean, $2 would have been too much. I think it was like 30 bucks. Oh, that's not it's that It's a bad. touching effort. Did she give you that? I really appreciate the thought. No, she it was just very ridicules nice me. Not a lot of thanks <laughs> for the effort. Didn't get, a lot, didn't get a big thing. I'm like, well, you know, it's the thought that counts. And, and she's, she's like, like no, no, not really. No, no. no. That's great. Not really the thing. I want a picture of this thing. I think we should put it on the desk. I'll get, uh, <laughs> I may bring it in tomorrow for show and tell. I'll, I'll, I'll find it wherever, whatever crevice it's hi- hiding under in the house right now, I'll find it. You find it. Think about this over the next couple of minutes. Where would Hendon Hooker, uh, Hooker rate, just to the, you, the casual sports fan, the, the average SEC fan, where would Hendon Hooker be in your rankings right now, today, for SEC quarterbacks across the conference today on October the 6th. And when you think about where you would place him, what does that say about the SEC play in general from the quarterback position? We'll dive into that next on Outkick 360. Power Hour. We'll talk Vols football and also dive into third and McNichols and what that means for the Titans offense Sunday against Jacksonville. As I stated, Jags don't have much leadership at the head coach position right now, but game plan is pretty simple based on personnel. We'll get into that uh, coming up at uh, 4 o'clock Central Time, 5 in the East. You can hit us up on Twitter. In the meantime, Outkick360 is where you can find us. And you can find us post-show wherever you download your podcast from broadcast to podcast. We're available on your smart device. Just search out Outkick360. So we are in the age of some great young quarterbacks across the National Football League. That is not the case in the Southeastern Conference. Week to week, there is some bad quarterback play. Inconsistent quarterback play. And... Just maybe if we think over the years about top to bottom where the QB position has been in the SEC, maybe you could say it's, it's, it'll, it'll even out year to year. But right now, to me, it is extremely favoring the bad quarterback play compared to the excellent or even good category. Chad, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel, I feel as though I haven't seen it this just – average, adequate, however you want to describe it, just kind of blah in a long time. Well, let's go down the list. I'll take two guys right now that everyone would take, the two guys that are in the Heisman discussion. Bryce Young at Alabama, Matt Corral at Ole Miss. Either one of those guys would succeed in anyone's offense. You put them in any offense, they're going to succeed more in the offenses they're in right now with the coaching Mm -hmm. that they're getting at Alabama and Ole Miss, but... Those are two quarterbacks that I could see go anywhere and be really good and, and play any number uh, of systems. Outside of that, Bo Nix, I guess, is next on that list. Wildly inconsistent. 
throughout his career at Auburn. Um, you had mentioned Hendon Hooker before. You could make an argument right now with no turnovers for Hendon Hooker, and especially coming off this game, he's in the top quarter of the SEC. I, know, I agree with as you. a starting quarterback, and you could even make an argument that he's ahead of Bo Nix. I know the the work in the SEC hasn't been as much for Hendon Hooker, but he's got I think 18 starts under his belt at Virginia Tech. He's an experienced guy. But it, he played a lot of Virginia Tech. That. He's and played the, a lot of major college. This football. is not his fault. But he, he he's like third string at Virginia Tech. Well, he was, yeah, he was the starter, got hurt, got dinged up a little bit, and a guy took his job. I think he was second string, but yeah. He was, the, he, he was eventually replaced at Virginia Tech. By the way, he's also the second string quarterback at Tennessee because well, Joe Milton won the job. And, Joe Milton won the job with 17 practices. Yeah, and did not, did not do it. Now, granted, apparently Hendon Hooker is a gamer and better in games than he is practices, and he's getting so, better. Max and Johnson, I, haven't, I haven't seen enough to put him in third. I like Max Johnson. I'm trying to rate them with Hendon Hooker here. It speaks to the lack of depth, though. I know. That we're even having the discussion with Hendon Hooker. I'm not ready to put him in that number three <laughs> spot right now because I still haven't seen enough. But based on play since he's been the starter, you could possibly make that argument. Uh, Max crazy. Johnson has been good, over 1,600 yards. I think a 66% passer. But, uh, uh, I, but he did not look view, that good against UCLA. My view of him is swayed, and you're right about that. Uh, UCLA, I, I've overemphasized that loss with LSU in my mind. But, I mean, I, I realize they just lost to Auburn as well. But also, their offensive line is so bad, and they, don't have a, they have such a lack of a run game that affects his overall play. But the skill set is there. He's at the top, at the top tier uh, below Corral and Young. Haynes King, maybe he's in that group if he stays healthy. But, I mean, uh, we saw Texas A&M early in the season with him. Yeah, I mean, he can't, you can't even factor him in because he hasn't played. <laughs> you know, he just really hasn't played at all. Just like I'm not right now even factoring Joe Milton in who played more than Haynes King because Hendon Hooker's the starter. So here, here's the, the weird thing about it, probably part of where you're headed. You're talking about this influx of great young quarterbacks into the NFL. You and I last week were talking about these great new rivalries to be developed. Mm-hmm. You know, could we see uh, the Chargers and the Bengals having this long-term rivalry the way we saw the Colts and the, and the Patriots with these young quarterbacks? A couple of them are SEC guys, Burrow, Mac Jones. Um, but now the feeder system with the big bad SEC, you would expect, some of them at least to come but from even, there. Even and who's the, coming from there? Even the average to below average SEC quarterbacks that have gone on to be uh, below average NFL starters, Tua comes to right. mind. Tua is a great college quarterback. Tim Tebow is a great college quarterback. And you don't have those now. I mean, Emory Jones, we haven't named yet. He's Dan Mullen's quarterback. And yeah. we're not, we haven't named Dan Mullen's quarterback yet. Think about that. Dak Prescott was one of Dan Mullen's quarterbacks. Right, He's right. doing pretty well in the NFL. But you get my point. The quarterback guru head coach, have we a... didn't even name his guy yet. Well, and I'm just going through candidates You know, after that. Uh, people are going to immediately jump on online and say, well, what about JT Daniels? I mean, JT Daniels is a five-star prospect uh, who went to USC, lost the starting job, just, just like Hendon Hooker did at Virginia Tech. Goes to Georgia. He's surrounded by such great talent. He's being carried and by has a such defense. a great offensive line. It's I, good, I, not I great. I don't know how good he is, and I, that's not a knock. I'm not saying he's bad, but I don't know enough about him honestly to put him at number three right now or be confident in that. So we don't really know with him. Stetson Bennett, who's starting right now, because the inter- he's a game manager. Georgia's just so good; it doesn't matter. They're so great on defense. 
It doesn't matter. Luke Doty at South Carolina. Will Rogers no. at Mississippi State. Will Rogers, Mississippi State. No. K.J. Jefferson, I guess, is in the mix because of Arkansas's early success. He can do some things running and passing. Will Levis should be a lot better in that offense than what he is right has now. Has potential for Ken it. Seals at Vandy, we yeah. thought was the next Jay Cutler a year ago and has disappeared. They were rotating him in week one. In year one. So it's, it's a lot of – Connor Bazelak has been a disappointment. Yes. Um, that's a guy that everybody expected. Oh, he's a pro-style quarterback. Eli Drinkwick's offense, he's going to take the next step. There are some guys that have just disappointed. Also, right? I'm, I'm putting Basilak, mm-hmm. Ken Seals, who started last year, both those guys as freshmen, that have dropped off a bit this year. Um, Will Levis was great early on, very pedestrian. Agreed. Once they started playing yeah. legitimate defenses. Uh, I mean, Emory Jones is in the mix because of his ability to run. I'd love to see more Anthony Richardson. You know, that's a guy who might be up there for number three if he gets more reps. But clearly, Dan Mullen knows quarterbacks. He's not good enough to start over Emory Jones. So, it, look, it's a, it's a fun debate to have who's number. There's no debate on one and two. You no. can put it in either order. It's Bryce Young and Matt Corral. Bama, Ole Miss, set at quarterback. Every other team, you go down the list of starters, and there's not a lot to be excited about. And I don't want to – I didn't want to set up the conversation to say, okay, which of these guys are going to the NFL? It's not that. Because, uh, again, I wanted to focus on just the college aspect of this. Even from the college grading system for quarterback play, the SEC's not there. But I, I think there is a blanket statement to be said about college football this year in particular, about the lack of true star power. I mean, we're five weeks in, and there's really, I mean, there's not a heated debate right now about the best player in college football. Well, I think it's also, you know, everybody's looking for uh, Bama to not be immortal. And... Uh, this is crazy to say because they're the number one team in the country and that they don't look like they're going to get beat, even possibly get beat before they play Georgia. You know what's a good sign? They don't have multiple guys that might win the Heisman this year, which was the case a year ago. They had three guys that could have won the Heisman on that offense. And this year they've got one right now in Bryce Young. So and he may that's win a by step default. in the right direction for parity right. across the country. I also find it interesting that it was when NFL coaches started taking some cues from college coaches and how they schemed an offense around their quarterback, and then the quarterback position got a lot better in the NFL. Well, now that the feeder system has gotten worse with quarterbacks, are we going to see the adverse effect on the NFL where they get to the next level and they're not ready? I think it's more about the – I mean, look what's happening in Chicago. They're, they're adjusting to the rookie style. I, uh, it's going to affect the NFL, but the best coaches will figure out a way to make it work at a very high level. How are the quarterbacks in the rest of the country? Like you were just talking about the Heisman. It's not like there are a lot of other names. It's not a good quarterback here. I don't think so. I mean, Will Levis is one of the heralded quarterbacks in the SEC. He's a backup transfer from Penn State. I mean, it, they're taking Penn State's backup to be the starter in the SEC instead of recruiting. I, mean, I know it's Kentucky, but instead of recruiting like a four or five star of their own. I, that, that's where the quarterback play is. And that's... It's not, it's not to say guys can't improve um, based on where they are now to the end of this season, specifically to this year. But I just I don't see the same consistency. Uh, guys you can and, – and I'm grading this just on the eye test. Guys you can count on week in and week out to go out and just manage a game for you. You know who it's bad for? Like the Jets and the Jags have their quarterbacks. So if they're drafting high, they're going to be drafting high. Then get building blocks for those quarterbacks. Bad for Atlanta. 
If you're looking for, you know, you, you took Pitts well, and you said maybe we'll get our quarterback next year to replace Matt Ryan, it's bad for Philadelphia conceivably if, if you're looking for the next quarterback. But specifically to college, though, I don't know if it's necessarily bad for the SEC fan. Uh, it's not the, it's not the, uh, to me, it's almost evened the playing field a bit that the quarterbacks are not these, like, the, you don't have five solid quarterbacks below the top tier two, Chad. Like, it's, it's week in and week out, just some topsy turvy play. Well, I question development. Like, I, if my team can't, if the recruiting seems flat, right? There, nobody else has one either. So I'm saying, well, we're on the level playing field. Well, where's my development then? Dan Mullen, I'd look to. Well, Dan well, Mullen, Mullen has somebody different. Well, Emory least. Jones has flashed some really strong sign. I mean, look at Emory Jones against Alabama's defense. He did just fine. Yeah, yeah and I'll take Dan see. Mullen. I mean, we, I think most of us would take Dan Mullen probably, uh, you know, second, third in the, in the conference. Well, if you look at any list of the top quarterback prospects for next year's draft, I think a big problem nationally for college football has been two of the top five players have terribly disappointed. Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma – has been a disappointment. Yeah. And, and North Carolina has been a disappointment with Sam Howell. Yeah. Because any list I look at will have Matt Corral, number one, and then probably a mix of Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler, Malik Willis from Liberty. Not a lot of people are watching Liberty games, but he's a top five quarterback prospect but, in the draft, the transfer from Auburn. But Rattler hasn't just gone off the cliff the same way we saw Bo Nix do earlier this year. Like he, even in a bad performance, he let a game winning drive. At the end of a terrible game, he's getting booed. They were, he's they getting were booed, and then he goes and leads a game-winning for drive, the, uh, cheering for the backup at, at the one fi- point. who's a five-star freshman. But I mean, Bo Nix was never coming into this year. Bo Nix was never a guy they're saying, "Well, he's going to be a top-five quarterback." No, but he's a five-star recruit, though. Is my point? Yeah, and, and look, Bo, Bo Nix has been inconsistent and a disappointment for that reason. But I, I can go through this. Li- I don't think there's anyone that's under a four-star on this list. Maybe Connor Basilak. Was a three-star. Ken Seals was a four-star. Yeah. Advan- There's five and four-star guys all across here in the SEC. Hendon Hooker, a four-star when he went to Virginia Tech. These are highly sought-after quarterback and recruits for the most part. Seals, several, Seals Luke Dovey in South Carolina, four-star. But several of them are paired with quarterback guys. What'd you say, Paul? Ken Seals is delivering against UConn. I don't know what you want exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's – yeah. And uh, by delivering, you mean – Engineering a last-second drive to kick a field goal to beat UConn, the, maybe the worst team of the last ten years in all of college football. Yeah, that's barn burner. That's not delivering. But the um, by the way, they were a fourteen and a half point favorite against UConn. I know. We sh- I should have jumped. That was on that. criminal. I should have jumped. On that, that was the easiest money I've ever made was to bet on UConn in those points. Vandy's not beating anybody by two touchdowns. But you have you have Leach in coaching quarterbacks in this league, Dan Mullen. You have a prodigy from Sean, of, of, of Sean McVay's, the offensive coordinator, Liam Cohen, now at Kentucky. I mean, it, it's not it, Josh Heupel's coaching him. Well, and look, right now, look, this is a week-to-week proposition. Sure. I get it. Tennessee could go out in those black uniforms we're going to talk about later and lay an egg against South Carolina, and we're talking about how Josh Heupel doesn't develop quarterbacks. But Josh Heupel has done the best job with a quote-unquote backup quarterback as anyone in terms of productivity from Hooker and not turning the ball over and getting a lot out of him both on the ground and through the air in these games. So Josh what? Heupel looks pretty good, and it's a good sales pitch to other quarterbacks. Hey, 
Look at the numbers you can put up in this offense. Where, there see, needs to be some more of that. Lane Kiffin has that. He's got that ability to sell. Kiffin's a, yeah, and Kiffin with Corral has been excellent. Like there, there's an example of of, of a pairing that's worked. And another pairing that that works for the system is KJ Jefferson at Arkansas when he's healthy. But the system lends itself to him being banged up, you know, yeah. with his size and with the knee problems. Uh, clearly, not one hundred percent against Georgia. Not that it would have mattered, but but that that was a huge effect over his uh, overall game on, on Saturday. And so maybe he's higher. If we don't see what happens there and we don't have the Georgia performance and he's, you know, given another week of health there. But, yeah, again, um, to your point, Chad, it's it's not to the upper echelon of the SEC of years ago. I mean, I would probably put K.J. Jefferson up there behind uh, Corral and, and Young right now because we're, we are probably a little blinded right. by a 37 to that, nothing shutout right. to Georgia this week. But he's got to have Traylon Burks healthy, who's their clear yep. stud receiver. And Arkansas is kind of like a almost – I know they play from the shotgun, but it's almost like watching an old-school, defensive-minded wishbone team at times because they are going to physically pound their own quarterback in the run game. He's going he's gonna to take some shots. They're going to take shots down the field too. But, yeah, that's, that's a different off- – and that's not ultimately what Kendall Bryles is accustomed to running with what he learned from his dad at Baylor. And, and uh, if you look at Arkansas – Sam Pittman has done a great job. He also did the best job hiring coordinators of anyone in the SEC. Hiring Kendall Bryles, hiring uh, Odom, Barry Odom from Missouri, was genius to get his program started. LSU defensive back Derek Stingley ruled out indefinitely for the LSU defense. Uh, He has undergone a procedure on his foot uh, earlier this morning. It's an injury that he was hoping would heal to the point where he could return to the season at some point. He, he was hurt on uh, September 25th against Mississippi State. Um, it did not improve. They've elected to go ahead and have the procedure. Uh, and he released a statement saying he, he wants to get as healthy as, uh, as possible to play again this year. I don't know if he plays again this year. He's a top five talent for uh, coming out of LSU, Chad, who is about to go to the NFL draft and make a ton of money. Yeah, and it's never good when these things... I'm not saying that he's doing this on purpose right now or anything, but when these things start happening after a disappointing, you gave up a 13-0 lead at home, lost to Auburn, and your head coach is starting to get questioned whether or not he's going to be back next year, and you're a top draft pick. Are you going to rush back? I mean, it's, it's not good. For Ed Ogeron's coaching future, for this current LSU team, it's just not a good Situation and again, it, I'm not saying at all. Clearly, he needs a procedure done, mm-hmm. and it's smart for him to go ahead and get it done. I like that he's saying he wants to get back this season. That should be the mindset. That's also what NFL coaches and GMs are going to want to hear from him. So I think all of that is very smart. I just I'm I'm with you. I don't see him rushing back to take part in the end of this season, especially if things go the way they could go in these next four or five weeks, playing all these top twenty teams. Well, and the thought was. Exactly what you said. They they wanted to try to get him back to the point where he could play against Kentucky, play against Florida, play against Ole Miss, then Alabama, then Arkansas. I mean, they, they have a gauntlet now over their next five weeks um, where they just came out of games where they didn't have, and they're one and one, and they saw Will Rogers and uh, this past week Bo Nix complete a combined 66% of their passes 
against LSU secondary without Stingley in the lineup. Now, Stingley was in the lineup against uh, UCLA, and it didn't, didn't matter. Well, he um, got put on a – he got uh, basically posterized on one play uh, where he looked foolish I, trying to tackle I, someone down the field. There were instances of that game where all 11 did yep. defensively. That was an odd – it was an odd thing to watch UCLA out-physical LSU in well, the trenches. It's also – UCLA looked like they were going to be that ascendant team in the Pac-12. Not so much. Well, now it's Arizona State. Looks like they're clearly – the Herm Edwards team is the best team in the Pac-12. They don't have a shot right now. That There's no shot at any one of the Pac-12 making the playoff already. We're not halfway through the quick. season, and there's zero chance. Oregon losing to Stanford – after beating Ohio, I mean, after, there's not a Oregon with the win way. of the year. I don't see any route and for them done. to get in. Done. Yep. What do you, Paul? You uh, you look at the quarterback play across the, the NFL right now, and it's excellent. Look at the 26 and younger crowd. Yeah, uh, and I, I mean, mean, Mahomes is 25. I, I, I can picture us very clearly, uh, not very long ago, talking about like, oh, next generations. You know, there's never going to be. They're not going to be able to fill all these all these quarterback holes, and it's hard to imagine anything close to Brady, Manning, uh, you know, Roethlisberger, um, all of these guys. And then you know, Mahomes came, and we're like, well, there's one. But now, you know, you see a, a lot of promise with Herbert and Burrow, and you know, it, it goes deeper than that. There's a lot of promise. Um, and I, I think it's it's exciting, and you can see the transition happening. And you see Ben looks like, you know, Pittsburgh's going to be in the market for, for a quarterback very quickly here. And you see somebody like Darnold, you know, and people in, in Carolina, they were talking about, well, can Darnold be the next Tannehill? Mm-hmm. Tannehill's kind of a patron saint for this second career stop out of a bad situation. Really, it's like the post-Adam Gase club. So it might just be a two-member club because Gase is not getting power again anywhere in the NFL. We also say all this for me to then say, someone's going to emerge. There's someone. Malik Willis is going to go on to be a great NFL quarterback. Yeah, someone will. on this list is going to get in the right situation. Mm-hmm. And there, uh, Sam Howell, who's having a disappointing year right now with North Carolina, is going to go on to be a really good NFL quarterback that we're not necessarily expecting that from right now. And one of these guys is going to go on to be a bust or, or multiple guys that maybe we think more highly of. At well, this Sam also, one Sam of them Howell has be... a chance because he doesn't have to play for the Jets, the Jags, the Bengals, uh, looking at the other top franchises that have young quarterbacks. He now gets to go to a potential Pittsburgh and start behind Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be a free agent. Also, one of them will be the number one pick in the draft with huge hype and, and a, a very large contingent of draft Nick saying he can't miss. There, look, the power in the NFL is with the quarterbacks. There is one right now who holds a lot of it. Will he use his power? We'll discuss this next on Outkick 360. So we know that quarterbacks hold all the power in the NFL. There's one with a lot of it today, specifically, and this week. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick Network. That man is Trevor Lawrence. If Trevor Lawrence went to Shad Khan and said, Meyer's out, he'd be out today. Because Trevor Lawrence is the future and the true investment of the franchise. Now, 
Trevor Lawrence is not doing that. Lawrence said that he supports uh, Urban Meyer as their coach um, and said they're going to continue to play for him and all that. I mean, very cookie-cutter statement from their quarterback. But if Lawrence doesn't feel great with what Urban Meyer has done, and this is not just the one incident. I mean, there have been a litany of just little small things and big things uh, throughout the offseason since he was drafted and even prior to when he was drafted. I mean, the strength and conditioning coach that was hired and then fired three days or whatever after it was. Um, uh, Meyer getting fined, what was it, $200,000 for padded practices during OTAs and mini camps that the veterans didn't take kindly to uh, for contact. There are other examples throughout this. But if Lawrence wanted to sway one way or the other, he holds a lot of power in doing so that most of the time NFL players don't have, like you would see in the NBA or Major League Baseball. You're absolutely right. And I am, uh, I'm sure, a lesser man than Trevor Lawrence. I would have gone into his office and said, <clears throat> that thing you said about me going to that bachelor party in Vegas... Oh. That is the last I'm going to hear from you about anything. He brought it up again if this week. If you think that's something toes that comes close to towing the line about me, you better come to me and clear it with me like I'm Shad Khan. Because if you don't, I'll be going to Shad Khan. Because yeah, like you said, I got a lot of power now, and I don't want you messing with me. You bringing up that bachelor party was the dumbest thing you could have done to try yeah. to drag me in. Like, I've got some guilt and culpability here, because I don't. You're the one that effed up. You effed up, and keep my mouth, uh, keep your, my name out of your mouth. Well, and that's, uh, th this is, I said it yesterday, I'll say it again. Urban Meyer's biggest problem is he has zero self-awareness. Yes. None. If this doesn't wake him up to at least understand the whole glass houses thing and have some self-awareness about himself... I, I, nothing will. And if he doesn't adjust, he's going to lose the locker room. And he's going to lose the than job. He is right now. And he's going to lose the job because, guys, if, unless you go and completely fall on the sword and say, you know, I need to be up more understanding about certain things now, too. You can't just, every time he was on Fox talking about the integrity of a program and discipline <laughs> and making sure things off the field were as good as they were on the field. And, and I'm just laughing at his tenure at Florida the whole time when that was going on. And then he goes to Ohio State and has problems there with Zach Smith. and every. At some point, he has to understand, you know what? I haven't lived perfectly. These guys aren't going to live perfectly. I may need to cool it a little bit on the rhetoric where I am, you know, this Mussolini-like dictator that comes in and I'm going to call everyone out and hold everyone accountable. and do. It's good to hold people accountable, but you also have to be honest, especially when you're dealing with grown men. You're not coaching children anymore. You're not coaching college kids. You're, you're coaching professional grown men. And they'll see right through a lack of honesty and a lack of self-awareness. And to me, that's where Urban Meyer really screwed up in this, is he's never been self-aware. And they're seeing that now. Well, he said the owner is with the players, which is, is good. That's fine. But he has to change now, like you're saying, Chad. And he's so set in his ways he can say the owners with the players, and he can understand that. But can he change the way he operates that doesn't to, go over to well make this that week. understand? That doesn't go over well this week. He said that, and he met with the team for the first time today. The team full meet. team together. But he said that previous, and he he said it's on the players to lead, lead this team, which is kind of passing the buck. The, I mean, he was according to Michael Silver, he was laughed out of positional group meetings 
earlier this week on Monday uh, as they regrouped and, and discussed this, and he apologized to the positional groups. As he would leave the room, I'm imagining him going out and down the hall. Uh, you can hear the laughing going on in the behind him, and, and the player told Silver, "There's no doubt he heard us laughing. Like it was, it was that obvious." They did it. Trevor Lawrence's quote, by the way, the direct quote: "He's still my head coach. I still respect him, regardless of what happens. We're a team, and we're figuring it out." What else can you I mean, say? Well, behind the scenes, you can say exactly yeah, how right. you feel about this guy. You could say what I was talking about. Um, but the, the question comes down to: Do you, as a franchise, believe that Meyer is best for your franchise quarterback? The investment, and then that's that's what this comes down to. We don't. Um, and it, it, if it's worth putting, it, trying to f- make, trying to figure this out and give this time and, and see what happens moving forward, then you keep him on board. He says he's not resigning. If you don't, if if, if the pattern is going down a, a a a path where you say, you know what, this is just not going to work out, and uh, we've heard that Lawrence isn't great with with Meyer either then you make a change now and you just move on you you just cut bait cut ties and move on and do what's best for your quarterback because what's best for your quarterback is what's best for your franchise I understand giving it a couple weeks to see like if there's if the wound starts to heal but if it doesn't I think there's still a chance three four weeks from now it comes apart so you leave it up to worth 8.5 billion dollars he can pay that off, though. That would right. suck. I would fire him for cause. I don't know the legal elements for it. Let Urban Meyer take well, it to court. and it, So let's see how it hashes out. Let's, let's throw this out there. The, the league has clauses for conduct detrimental to the league. And that goes for coaches, too. Yeah, I would use it. Um, now, he hasn't been fined by the league um, or the team, to my knowledge. I no, he said he wasn't fined. Okay. Um, well... You know, do you wait on that? I, I, I don't know what. If Shai it falls Khan apart, I would try all that stuff, wouldn't you? Khan's comment, Khan's statement was harsh, as it should be. There was a there was a tone to it that that set the right tone for the organization. I don't know if we've ever heard anything like that. I don't think Meyer is setting a great tone with his players going into this week. This is already a team that routinely waves the white flag by Thanksgiving, all uh, routinely. And some coaches have been able to survive it a year or two. Doug Marone comes to mind there. But they're, they're the scraps of the league year after year by the time December rolls around. They're also the scrap heat when they play Derrick Henry in the Tennessee Titans. And that's who they've got this week. And I, I'm, I'm trying to think of the focus and the mentality of a defense that has to be extremely physical in the trenches this week. After a lot of distractions and after you laugh at your head coach, Who's, I mean, th- this is not just some, I mean, th- this isn't um, a guy who gets up in front of the, the room and stutters um, that yeah. we, we've seen in the past from, from certain guys. Jim you know? Tom Sula. I'm usually Jim pretty Tom good. Sula, great Jim example. Tom Sula comes to mind. I'm usually good at putting words in guys' mouth, but I don't know what he should have said this week. What do you think he should have said? Uh, I think he, he, first thing he says is this is on me, and it's on me to prove that I'm right for this organization and I'm going to lead you guys, and here's how we're going to do it. And Here's he how said, we're going to do it. Urban Meyer walked into the, uh, and told reporters or told his radio show, it's on the players to lead now. Yeah, no, it, it sounded terrible. The, it's the, like the NCAA saying it's on the, it's on the individual uh, programs to, to police NIL. Passing the buck. <laughs> At that point, you're out, man. Yeah, then why are you here? 
What's, 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 your, what's your purpose? You're awfully expensive I, I, to come in and tell the players to fix it. Trevor Lawrence is a great guy by all accounts, and, and I don't think uh, he's going to do. Yeah, I don't. Uh, he could, I don't think he has it. He in could him. kill his coach right now. I don't think he will. That's a, it's too much responsibility for players on a bad team to do that. Yeah, but I mean, Lawrence has gone from playing for Dabo Sweeney to playing for this guy, and I'm I'm eager to find out how he reacts to this behind the scenes. Time will tell. We'll also tell if it's white flag season. For the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Game plan's not that hard. We'll get into what the Jags have to do against the Titans this week next.